created live on Fireside. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome to YNS Live with NFL Thread, our new series called Pivot. Myself, Juliet Hahn, and Cynthia Zordich. How are you? Good to see you. Okay. Yes. Guys, we are so excited about this. And I have to tell you that there's been many, um, before we, we kind of came to this pivot series, and we've been talking about doing different shows. As you guys, if you've been you know, on Fireside, if you've been with me before with YNS Live, where I dive into people's stories about how they followed a passion. If you followed you know, Cynthia's and I's story, Cynthia was a guest on Your Next Stop, which is my podcast. And when after Cynthia and I did our interview, we started talking about how it would be really amazing to give a platform for NFL spouses to be able to share their story. So Cynthia, why don't you give a little background about you and then we can kind of go and how we met and then how Pivot came about. Oh, um, <laughs> if we start with how we met, that's wonderful. <laughs> but um, Juliet was in Philadelphia, actually Morristown, New Jersey, when I was in Philadelphia, when my husband was with the Eagles playing. And uh, um, Juliet's mother was our all of my kids' kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Williams, who was just like a rock star kindergarten teacher. And um, so it was just like a family situation because, you know, um, Juliet babysat my kids and she was really a part of, you know, how that is when you have a babysitter, anybody that has children know they become a part of your family and your lifeline <laughs> in many ways. And so I think, you know, just fast forward so many years later um, through my sister, Tina, finding out what Juliet was doing with her podcasts and reconnecting and reaching out um, to each other just to say, hey, this is really cool what we're doing. Um, what Juliet was doing with the podcast is extraordinary. Your next stop, like we all have that next stop. We're all doing something next. We're never staying where we are. And I was doing everything with the NFL women, with which is NFL Thread, which is a platform like LinkedIn for NFL women, which includes events, which includes the playbook magazine that goes to current players and spouses. So it was just kind of like, I realized at that podcast that, you know, I was offering story and I was offering connection, but Juliet was going to offer a voice. And so that's when we collaborated on that. And we did, you know, with, you know, YNS live with NFL thread, which it's so fun to share people's stories. It really is. And I mean, and we ended up being, I mean, what Cynthia had said, she's like, listen, I want us to be at the Super Bowl. And of course I'm like, yes, this is, I mean, it's so important to be able to share the story. And one thing that Cynthia said that really stuck with me, and that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be able to give this voice more, is there's so much for a girl to do at the Super Bowl. And for <laughs> anyone that doesn't know, they put on these, I mean, two amazing events. So Cynthia puts on a networking or a... Um, or workshops, whatever. This year it was a networking event where mm -hmm. she shares all this playbook, and this playbook goes out to every one of the NFL members, the family. And what really struck me is what a close knit family these guys are, and we don't see it from the outside because you know I became fascinated as Cynthia was telling the story and realizing, as she said, when going back. When I was babysitting, I was about 17 years old. And the thing that's crazy is that Cynthia and I are not that many years apart. We just had you know, kids at different times. So I was this teenager watching her kind of go through this journey, which I didn't realize until the story unfolded later in life. And mm -hmm. you know, if you guys have listened to any of my podcasts, you know that I really truly believe people are brought into your world for a reason. Um, you know, and it could be a small reason, it could be a big reason. And I really, really believe that this platform and what Cynthia is doing with Thread and with the NFL community and then with the with the podcast is really that's why we were supposed to kind of our paths were supposed to connect. And so we were able to go to this uh, these two events because also on Friday, the Off the Field Wives Association, which Cynthia is the vice president, and people don't realize for 21 years, they have yeah. been putting on fashion a fashion show which raises millions of dollars for charity of the local community where the Super Bowl is. And when she told me that, I said, well, I don't understand. Why don't I why don't I know this? Like I'm a bright person. I follow sports. Like, why don't we know this? And she was like, Yeah, a lot of people don't know it. And it's because of the servant's heart that so many of these women have, which no one really knows. So that's where our story and this and the podcast really just kind of came about even more because it was like 
you guys are doing all these really amazing things. The amount of work that you're doing behind the scenes and the amount of good that you're doing for your communities and people outside should yeah. be should be known. And, and and it's really, you know, Cynthia, one of the things, that, and I've talked about this a couple of times, that really fascinated me was when we were on the red carpet for the Friday event. And even at the networking event on Thursday that Cynthia throws with with Thread is I would say to you know the interview and say, can you tell us who you are, you know, and why you're here? And they would say who they were, and then they would tell me who their husband was and how many years they played. And and then I would say, Okay, well, what about you? And who are you? And and I am not kidding. It wasn't just one, it wasn't just two. It was more than I would like to even admit went, wait, you want to know about me? And I said, yes, I want to know about you. Why are you here? And then it was like this light just came like pouring out of them. And it was like, no one's ever asked me. Thank you so much. And the amount of brands that these women have, amount amount of things that they're juggling, raising a family, going right. from you know city to city, and and you're one of them. I mean, I know you you always get a little uncomfortable when I talk about this, but it is it's so fascinating the amount of stuff that you guys actually do that people don't know, and not that you should be standing up and shouting from the rooftops, but it is really really amazing the amount of people that you guys touch, and so that right. more we were like, okay, how can we kind of do this? you know, make this even bigger. So when we started talking about, you know, doing another series, <clears throat> excuse me, because with NFL Thread, with YNS Live, with NFL Thread, it's really about the stories of the women. And mm -hmm. we said, we want to kind of incorporate where we can also talk to some of the players. And so Cynthia wrote this book. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Before we do go into that, I do want to back up a tiny bit um, because you had mentioned the people that you meet. And yeah. so I kind of want to touch upon something that like, to me is so important. Um, and that is when, when I was writing for um, NFL player engagement and when I was starting Thread and I realized for me the importance of connection, that's when Troy Vincent said to me, you need to meet Erica Lassiter. And, um, you know, it turned out that Erica was married to, is, you know, was Kwame's wife and Kwame was with the Cardinals. And he was the safety, just like my husband was, you know. So I immediately was like, that's so crazy. They came right after we left. Um, so in meeting Erica and being introduced to Off the Field Players Wives Association, which is now NFL Wives, um, so play, you know, Players Wives Association. The NFL Wives Players Wives Association. <laughs> Come on. I, um, it was like... <laughs> we, it was like um, wow, like this whole group of women that, you know, for me, I just wanted everybody to know what everybody was doing. So for me to meet Erica and to be introduced off the field was like, wow, look at this group of women that are just, it's a sisterhood and it's doing something in every single community that we enter. And so, you know, I was just immediately taken and they immediately opened their arms to me. And it was something that um, through Thread, I felt that I could encourage new membership, spread the word, tell the story. So I think that even with what we're doing, me being able to be, especially now, like being honored to be the vice president, um, Erica Lassiter, it was the president for, um, so I, I think it was 13 years Um and, you know, with the change happening because of everything that you're supposed to do, and we um, had this great um, election and we brought in Rachel McKenzie as the new president, and she's just been incredible. And I just feel like really, really proud to be a part of that. And Erica, of course, is still so involved in it because once you are in off the field, you're always, you're always connected and you're always doing from the founders on. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I touched upon that to, to say how important it is to me. And if anybody doesn't know about off the field, you know, to definitely look at that off the field, pwa.org. So just definitely want to put that out there. No, and I love that. And the other thing is, which I thought was so cool too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Sharice Brown was one of the people that that founded the, I mean, really came up with the fashion show, but it was because of her best friend, who Angela, who we will be having on the podcast right. to share her story. Yes. But if you guys have not listened or seen um, where we were at the networking event thread, um, and that was on Thursday, you guys can hear all these little snippets. And if you go to either of our social media, you can kind of get these snippets. And the thing that is just, as Cynthia said, that the power of connection, 
which sometimes is lost, I really believe. And that's why we always say, just be aware, be aware who you're meeting, who is around, who you can connect with other people. Because when we all get together and we lock arms is when we really make changes. And that's what Cynthia and I, you know, that is our goal here. That is our goal to create a space where we can maybe help the next, you know, the next family that's going to go through. And now I'm going to bring it to, to pivot. Um, so, right. so every time we would do our interview, Cynthia, you know, we would talk and, and she would say, um, you know, I want to, I want to revisit when the clock runs out. And I, you know, if you guys have not heard Cynthia's um, full story, you guys can check that out. Uh, you can go to my social media or you can go to also I am Juliet Han com or any of the podcast players and you can see Cynthia's full story. But the thing that was really cool was you, you know, we, you've touched on that a couple times. And then, so we were thinking about how we're going to bring the players in, right? How can we mm-hmm. highlight the players and, and not just the players, but other people that have gone through pivoting, gone through yeah. transitions. And that's, what's really important because we all have, you know, you and I, um, we have similarities. We're mothers. We've gone into the transition of mothers. We've, you know, graduated college and transitioned and pivoted our lives in different ways. Um, you have the NFL where I have a different, you know, different journey, but we have similarities. And a lot of us, men and women have similarities more than we realize. And it's our stories that are going to connect us, our stories that are going to maybe make someone else's life a little bit easier because they're going to say, you know what, I heard this on a podcast and now I feel better. So can you take us, because I remember in the interview, one of the things that you said is before Michael was leaving the league um, and Michael was with the, he was in the league for 12 years, Mm -hmm. which is a really long time for an NFL player. Um, And so Cynthia who is a super curious person. That's one of the other reasons why we connect because we always ask questions. We always are thinking a little bit like, hey, wait, I want to know a little bit more about this when it was time. And Cynthia was already preparing for it, even though Michael was not preparing for it. So can you take us through, and he probably was preparing for it in in a different way, but as you have said so beautifully, um, you know, when you're a player and when you are, especially a professional athlete, you maybe, you know, started off, playing flag football when you were five years old and you got the bug and you were like, I love this. And then you have a dream. I want to be an NFL player, you know, all little kids, you know, I still, my, my boy is one professional soccer players, professional football players, whatever it was, is something that they see kind of out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, and then some, you know, the the 1%, this dream comes true. And then that's what really then also got me fascinated because I was thinking about, oh my gosh, okay, so when you do leave the league and this is all you've known, what does that do to you mentally? What does that do to your family? So can you take us a little bit through why you wrote Where the Clock Runs Out and how that kind of came about? Yes, um, definitely. Um, when you say that, it reminds me of um, my husband's teammate, um, Ron Wolfley, when I asked him about football and letting go, he's, he's, he said, um, well, what do you do for the rest of your life when you can no longer do what you were born to do? You know, and then, yeah, yeah, he was like um, really profound about that. And you really have to stop and think about that. Um, There's a lot to do, but at the time, you know, it's wiped, you know, just taken right from you. So um, when the clock runs out there, when you have a, when your husband's in a league and or any type of professional sport, it's out there, you know, in the world. And there's lots of discussions going on about, you know, your life and your husband's career that you, it trickles through into your life. So you get these little signs that the end is coming. Like when your neighbor says, um, don't listen to anything that they say about Michael, <laughs> you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And you're like, okay. You know, and then when your sister's like, did you read the paper? Like, and you're like, no, I didn't read the paper. Um, we even did an event there where, you know, it was like, maybe we should look at somebody to replace you guys for next year for co-hosting the event. So you get these little signs that you're on your way out. And, yeah. um, <laughs> that you kind of like, that's okay. so hard, but that like, that has to, as you said, I mean, that has to, and you have to have a certain type of personality, which, you know, we'll, we'll go into, but go ahead. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Like if, if somebody says like, how, uh, how old are you guys, how old is your husband? You know, that they're like, you know, counting how much time you have left. And so you kind of just roll with it. Um, and you just kind of like, Oh, okay, this is, we're on our way out. You know, this is it. Michael was 36 years old. You know, we, you kind of figure on your way out. But he, of course, wasn't thinking that way. 
And, you know, why would he? Because he, you know, was starting, he's playing every game, he's healthy, and he's, you know, just everything is in. Right. So, um, so what happened was we were in the season in Philadelphia, and one of our dearest friends, Andy Harmon, was released right in the middle of the season. And so it was kind of weird. You know, we were like, you know, it was between KT and, you know, Christy and Andy and Julian Rhett. Like we all hung out together. You know, we just were always doing things together. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, we're not seeing Andy and Christy after the games. You were not, you know, what are they doing? They knew had a new baby. We knew that. So it was like, well, let's, let's see them. Let's have dinner. Let's plan something. So we did, we had dinner and at dinner, we talked about everything, but the fact that he wasn't playing anymore, we talked about everything, but football, you know, we talked about the baby. We talked about the weather. We talked about (laughs) food. And I was like, I got in the car with Michael and I was like, Michael, like, what the hell? We didn't even talk about like, what are they, what are they going through? And he's like, babe, you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't talk about it. And it's like, I know, but it's like, he's one of us. He, they, you know, they're one of us. And all of a sudden it was like, what do you talk about when that's just taken from you in the conversation? And I'm, and I'm, I was like, is this what it's going to be like for us? You know, I, I just didn't want to just drop off into this black hole and disappear from this life that I, you know, I loved and that I was really kind of used to. Um, and so it was just really bugging me. And I was like, you know, Michael, we, we need to start thinking about that. Like, what is it going to be like when you're done? Like when it's over and he, he's like, when the clock runs out. And I was like, yeah, what's it going to be like when the clock runs out? You know, so right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to, I'm going to ask people all the hard questions that seems like that nobody wants to talk about. And that, of course, was back then. Back then, nobody wanted to talk about it. You know, they used to say if a player was injured, nobody would visit that player in, you know, in the hospital because it was just understood. Like, you don't want to see it and, you know, you don't want to, you know, kind of like confront it. And if a player retired, you just know, don't go into the locker room because nobody wants to see you because you represent something that nobody wants to be a part of yet. Um, that has all changed, which is great. But at the time, yeah, I didn't want to fall into that black hole. So... I, um, I, I, I was like, I'm doing this. So Jimmy Solano, my husband's agent, just this greatest guy and family, you know? And I said, Jimmy, I want to do this. Can you help me? And at the time I was only doing photography. I wasn't doing any writing except for myself. And so how old were the kids? I don't mean to interrupt you, but how old were your kids? Oh, um, so if it was 98, you know, Michael Vincent was third grade, Alex was first grade, and, and it was in, like, just heading into kindergarten. Kindergarten, yeah. Okay. And I remember that because I just, you know, I just told Aiden this, that everything I did, she was right at my feet. <laughs> you know, right. she was like my sidekick. So it's really fun. So um, Jimmy Solano was like, oh, I know it's, I know exactly, like, you need to, here's what you need to do. And I said, like, you know, Bill Lyon, he... He wrote some incredible articles and everyone that he would write, I would save if, um, you know, Michael was involved in the story. He just like, it was like poetry and football and his talent was just unbelievable. And so I was like, I would really love to see if Bill Lyon would be interested in taking on these stories and I would line them all up for him. I would take all the photographs from today um, and kind of like pepper them with photographs from playing days and so Jimmy Solano, he set us up and we had this meeting and Bill was in. And so, and I didn't like, I wanted it to be clear that it was like a, a collaboration between the two of us, you know, because, you know, some people like to, oh, you know, hire somebody to ghost write or this and that. But Bill Lyon to me was like his, it needed to be told that these were his stories because he just spun the most beautiful tales. He was right. a so that's what we did. And Bill and I were just like for two years, just back and forth. We got this guy, we got that. We This guy's in, they're in, we got these quotes. And it was just so much fun. And I enjoyed the ride with him. And I and the stories were fantastic. And then when I would go photograph the players and their spouses, that's when I got to have these amazing conversations with the women. And that's when they were giving me such great advice, you know? And that's, you know, and it was just awesome. And 
if I could revisit it, I would have had a chapter for the players and a chapter for the wives. But at that point, you know, I was just young and in the, new in the publishing world and Triumph was very clear on what they wanted. So we had 20 NFL grades talking about letting go of the sport. So we had like Ronnie Lott, Rocky Blyer, um, Dan Reeves, Mike Dicka, John, Ron Jaworski, Hollywood Henderson, Stump Mitchell, Bill Freilich, who, which was a high school friend of mine. So I was really glad to have his um, story in there. Ron Wolfley, my husband's teammate, um, some uh, um, Larry Wilson, who actually told my husband that he had his first son. <laughs> so, right. so they all shared their stories and they were all, it all had a hardship triumph. And, and that's what I was really going for because I really wanted it to be like a precautionary tale for, for me, <laughs> not to be selfish, but I wanted to know that there was, you know, there is another side to it. And also for others, you know, that were in the future, future generations of players, like this is what happens. This right. is the route you're going to take. So yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I am I am so excited just to dive into this. And, you know, everyone that's in the audience, I and Cynthia, I didn't throw this out to you, but I'm going to have, if anyone in the audience wants to come up and just ask us like a quick question, um, these guys, I know I've seen them all through Fireside. So they might be like, yeah, I want. And, and as we go, so our first guest, guys, which is really exciting, is going to be happening this Friday at noon. And his name is Joe Barksdale. He's with the league for eight years. He actually, in 2019, right, Cynthia, it was 2019, he yeah. hung up his cleats. And I can't wait for you guys to hear the story because he went into um, music, but he was recently diagnosed with autism. So he and his wife are going to be joining us. And this is what Cynthia and I want to bring you guys is these stories of the husband and the wife. And it's not going to always be that way, but this is the first one. It's just going to be really exciting because we're going to really dive into this and why um, Joe went into the NFL. It wasn't something, this is not, it, this wasn't his childhood dream. So I'm going to give you a little bit of that. This wasn't his childhood dream. It was a talent that, you know, whether you believe in God or the universe, he was given and, um, and it's just how his life played out. So we're really excited for this. And as Cynthia named some of, you know, the clock runs out uh, people, we're going to be getting you guys some really big heavy hitters with some really amazing stories. So, uh, and it's going to be not, nothing like you guys have really ever kind of witnessed because we're going to be asking questions that are just questions that we're, we're curious about. We're curious about, you know, what it's like and, and their stories of how leaving, it's going to be vulnerable. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, really, really some insightful stories. So I'm excited. When you say heavy hitters to me, what that means is stories, heavy, yeah. stories, heavy hitting, true, honest, transparent yes. stories about letting go. Not necessarily the stories that you've heard over and over no. again from mm -hmm. the guys that are in the media, you know, but really stories. And, and you're right. It could be the, the spouse. It could be the wife that wants to talk, the partner that wants to talk. It could be the player that wants to talk. They might want to discuss it together. I can't even imagine discussing it with Michael on a show, let alone in a room, because it's we had completely different takes on the same part of our life. <laughs> right. But it'd be awesome if others could do it, you know, no, without, totally. and agree on something. I We wouldn't agree on anything. So funny. Right. Well, I mean, that's, but that's the beauty about it. And that's, yes, when I mean heavy hitters, these are stories that you guys, these are the untold stories. These are stories that you guys have not heard. And that's what's really important for us is to share these stories because it's going to be different views and different thoughts and different um, emotions because everyone has them. And, and if you really think anyone that's listening, whether you guys are on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, if you think about, you know, um, and I think we've already given you a couple of things to think about that you probably haven't thought about. But, you know, as I said to Cynthia, I'm a smart woman and I can't believe that like when, uh, you know, my kids and my husband and my daughter would say, oh my gosh, this person got traded to this team, whether whatever sport it is. And we would all cheer. That's so exciting. And then after hearing the first, I think it was, um, it was when definitely when I was talking to you, but I think it was Tommy Vincent that was the the guest and, and a couple of the other women. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm never going to look at that the same because I've chosen to move, but I can't imagine what that does, and you really do have to have a very special personality because what that does to know, okay, I'm only in this space, this this town for a little bit. What does that does to the husbands, to the wife, to the kids? 
Because I know for me, you know, when we lived in the city, I knew that this I was going to live in the city for not my whole life. So I remember there was times where I definitely wasn't like, eh, I don't really need to go to that party because eh, Mike might be here in two years. I don't need to meet, you know, and or like, I don't want to start this business because I might not be here. And so some people do think like that. So that's, I mean, that's the thing that's going to be really interesting kind of diving into that and then hearing how people's personalities, you know. That actually makes me sad when you say that um, because, you know, free agency did change all that, you know, um, taking the football family atmosphere and changing it, you know, because I remember growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, the Steelers were our family, you know, Lynn Swan, John Solworth, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, they were my family. My mother considered them family. Um, So it changed it. But, but what I, it makes me sad when you say that, but what I think happened in the free agency is that we are so aware of how small the circle is and how quick it is and vicious it is that we all still dive in every single time. And I do appreciate that. Even being a coach's wife now, there's people who are constantly leaving my life, constantly. It's a constant in my life that I'm right. making friends and they're leaving. But I I made a commitment to never have that me- that that mentality of why bother because I'm they're leaving next year anyways or I'm leaving next year. Right. Um, and because of that, I've made so many quick friends that continue to stay in my life. You know, like you know, even at Michigan with you know Amber Fish and Deb Brown. You know, and you know Marissa Partridge. We just are we're connected for and so many others. But that's just the most recent like change that I'm like bye. Right. You know. In the same token, one of those girls went over to Central. So now I'm back with Karen McGowan. So it's like, it's like, ah, it's crazy, you know? But, like, but, but, I, but I think it does take a certain personality because I even remember when my sister moved to Charlotte and she was like, it's not going to be forever. She's like, I'm so she had like one foot in and one foot out. And I remember like seven years in, she's like, I need, this is where I'm living. And I, we were like, yeah, we, we kind of knew that. She's like, but I didn't know it. I thought I was coming back to Morristown or coming back to the East Coast. And right. so it really does take a spec and whether it's, um, you know, and this is something that we could talk about, because I think this is now fascinating, whether it's a born personality trait that you, or it's something that you kind of learned, okay, I need to take every opportunity. It doesn't matter because people are in and out of my life, right? right. So exactly. it, it's it, it's kind of a fascinating thing there. And I mean, just yeah. thinking about Brandy Scales, who was just on um, mm-hmm. the episode and how many times Pat <laughs> was in the league, out of the league, in the league, out of the league. Right. Again, that takes a very special person Right. Um, and special meaning you have to have a certain mindset and, and, and get again. And that's why, you know, I think if we think about the world and how God creates us or how the universe creates us, it's really kind of cool to think he puts us in places and gives us places uh, and right. gives us opportunities that we can handle or that he knows is we're going to thrive in. And so that's like really where you just kind of have to say, okay, well, this is my life. This is how I need to kind of handle it. But it's also these stories that we're mm-hmm. able to kind of put out there that you're able to write about, that you're able to talk to people about, that are able to help the next generation right. of NFL spouses. Like, hey, this is the best advice I can give you. So that's why I'm so excited about, you know, all of this. And um And I think it's just going to be really wonderful. So I'm going to ask anyone in the audience, I know there's a few of you people have been in and out, Dave, Tony, or Elizabeth, do you guys have any questions? Do you want to jump up and ask Cynthia and I about the new show? We will definitely be having where we're going to have some, you know, uh, participation. I know with YNS Live with NFL Thread, we're a little bit more guarded with that because it's, um, you know, sometimes it's like we don't know who's in the audience. I know you guys, I've seen you guys before. So we are, you know, comfortable with you guys coming up and asking us a question. And I think it's going to be really fun for the audience to have a little bit, whether they're asking questions in the, you know, react button. Um, You guys, if you want to do that too, and you're in a space, because I know nowadays people are back in offices and they're listening when they're not supposed to sometimes, um, or it's on lunch break. Um, So if you cannot jump up, it's totally fine. If you do want to send a, a message, you guys can go over to that little the little emoji over here where it says react. And if you want to put something in, it's the kind of a guy going, Hmm, you can ask a question there again, if you're not ready for it up to it, totally fine. And don't even worry because we're going to be here on Friday and we're going to be bringing you 
Again, some really insightful, wonderful stories. We're still doing YNS Live with NFL Thread. We still have those in the docket too. And then mm-hmm. I still have, you know, YNS Live um, shows as well. So you guys are just going to get a lot of different perspectives um, from all of us. So I'm excited. Yeah. So Cynthia, do you have any closing remarks? Um, no. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry to throw it out there. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to say that. I didn't know we were done. I thought you were going to ask me a question. Oh, we, we could. Well, it's, it's 1235. I know that we were going to just do a half an hour. So I just <laughs> wanted to respect that time, but we don't also have to be over. <laughs> okay. No, it's great. Um, so let me think about that. Um, I, I guess, you know, what I want to say is that if you have a story of transition that you oh, sorry, think yes. that, uh, you know, others would benefit from hearing, you know, I didn't even really get to talk to you about like what we experienced, Michael and I, um, you know, in transition, which I would like to, I think we could probably run 10 more minutes, right? Oh, we can do it. We can do it. We have the hour. We have totally have the hour. I know we had said that we were doing half an hour, so that's why I wanted to do that. I I feel like it would be, it wouldn't be right if I wouldn't share a little bit about what we went through as a couple in my transition, um, because there was a lot of um, humor to it, but I think a lot of um, the reason why it it panned out the way it did was because, you know, I I had finished the book. It was kind of crazy that you know, when the clock runs out, took me from 98 into Michael's final year. So luck for him, the book came out in, you know, book signing scheduled in Philadelphia and New York, right when Michael wasn't resigned by the Eagles. (laughs) So every time the microphone went to Michael, it was like, you're living the book. How does that feel? How are you feeling? And he was like, um, I'm going to kill you because his only quote in the book was, I don't want to be in this book because (laughs) that would have meant that he was retiring because I sent myself to thousands of NFL players. Just give me a quote, give me a story, tell me something about this transition. And I have quiz quotes peppered through the whole book, you know, not just the 20 stories, but there's a ton of quotes about what they went through. So Michael's quote was, I don't want to be in this book. Um, Michael didn't want to retire. And then when he didn't get re-signed by the Eagles, the Eagles, I mean, Jeffrey and Christina Laurie, you know, and all the coaching staff, you know, like Ray Rhodes, everybody, um, Joe Vitt, they were just, Emmett Thomas, they were just so wonderful to Michael. They wanted to do a send-off, you know, let's have a party, let's have a day, let's celebrate your retirement. And we'll, you know, we'll do it at a game. And Michael was just like, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that gesture but I'm not retiring. I'm not done. You know? So, so I was just like, Oh my goodness, you know, my Lord, he's not done. You know, he's not ready. And so then my kids would go, went to school and now we're in Ohio and they're like, so your dad retired. And, um, so Michael said, when people ask you, when people say that to you, you correct them and tell them that I didn't retire. That's a choice. Yeah. I was thrown out. Just tell him I was thrown out. I'm like, Michael, you, you can't have the kids <laughs> kids saying that you were thrown out. And he's like, it's true. It, I didn't I didn't retire. And so I'm like, okay. So um so now I'm doing, you know, I had been talking to all these people and Lance Rental was one of the guys. He was like, You tell your husband that he needs to knock on every door. And if they all close, start over again and knock on every door again. And another thing wheatgrass, wheatgrass. He needs to start taking wheatgrass. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell him. So I came back and I told Michael, Lance Rensel said wheatgrass is the answer. So now Michael's like, (laughs) now he's like, okay. Um, So it was the fall and, you know, the grass, you could smell it's time to go back. You know, you know, it's time to get to camp. I'm not even being there. It's August. Like, I'm like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Like, you know, you can't tell us to do this. This is what we usually do in August. You can't tell us to do that. You're not supposed to be here. So <laughs> there was this one particular day, the way we had, um, in fact, it was where I am right now in this little office area in my house. And right, right on this side is the piano. So Michael was like, well, I'm going to, 
I'm going to teach myself to play the piano. He started as soon as the off season had started. Well, it was off season to him, but it was really like his transition year. So he was teaching himself to play the piano. And, but like, you know, I'm in there working and I'm like all driven. I'm like crazy about what I'm doing. I'm trying to market this thing. I'm trying to get it out there. And he's next to me. And the, the music I was hearing was, you know, try to remember the days in September, <laughs> right? And then it's like yesterday. I'm like, I get up from, I'm like, hey. And he like stops. I'm like, you got any eye of the tiger or anything? <laughs> You're killing me over here. And so he, he doesn't laugh. Like he just shakes his shoulders. He just starts shaking his shoulders. Like he knew that was funny. But I'm like, oh my God, that's oh my God. So like, and he was just mad. You know, he's really angry. He was, he was really angry. And he wasn't watching ball. Um, now the season started. He wasn't watching any football. And Christina, Lori, the, the Eagles were playing Pittsburgh, she asked us to come to the game, to come to the game, be in the box with us. You know, I'm like, Christina, do you want my husband diving off of your box and national television onto that field? (laughs) Right. Really think I trust him being at that game? And she was like, are you kidding me still? I'm like, yeah, no, he's not there yet. So, so it was like a hell of a year, you know, because I was dealing with him, you know, and, you know, it was like you went, he went from starting to not getting a call and it was over, you know, but, but he didn't, he didn't feel that it was. So right. it was crazy. But I remembered that um, Tommy McDonald's wife, uh, Patricia said to me, just remember that this, when he goes through his own transition, just remember that this is your husband right now. It isn't him for the rest of his life. Right. So you're not looking at the, how you're going to live for the rest of your life. It's just till he gets to the other side, you know? And she had said that Tommy was really experienced. He had so much energy and so much love for the game. It it took a while for him to figure out what he wanted to do, you know, with this energy and with this passion for the game. And he ended up doing something cool in the field, like with portraitures and art and everything like that around football. So I just remember thinking that and like watching him and being like, okay, I can, I can do this because he's going to, you know, he's, it's going to hit him and he's going to be fine. Um, but it's going to take a while, you know? And then finally there, there came a point where he knew he's, he's like, all right, I'm done. It's, it's over. You know, I, he could feel it in his body that he knew he couldn't play anymore. So that's when he realized that he could give it up. It took a while. But, and a lot of fighting, you know, a lot of like, you should be blessed. You play this long. It's like blessed. How could you say that to me? I don't feel blessed. Right. And then now he looks back on it. And um, especially because, you know, watching my son go through it, it's a whole different story and it's a whole different situation. And that was more difficult for both of us than going through it alone. Just watching Michael Vincent go through it was, and I know a lot of, a lot of the um, players' families, especially the wives, know exactly what I'm talking about right now as they watch their sons and daughters pursue their sport at the highest level because they expect to because right you always want to do what your parents did that you always right. want to do what your dad did you grew up with it you want to you emulate them i don't care if your father is a physician if he is a like architect if he has a landscaping company you know you you want to you know if he's a carpenter you want to do what dad did you know and so right. seeing michael vincent work so hard and get to that highest level and then to get injured um, and have it just like wiped, you know, and then to, to, you know, and of course the Carolina Panthers were wonderful to him and they rehabbed him beautifully. And then he like went on to a practice squad in New Orleans, but in that swipe, it kind of like just took his opportunity, I guess, you know, for some reason it never happened. And I have to say that, from that day back in the 90s when we went through it to now when michael v went through it like i went i'm like where do i go i went immediately to the nfl i went right to nfl player engagement i went right to the legends i'm like i need help helping my son through and at the time 
you know, Keith Elias was doing what was called um, Bridge to Transition, but now it's called Life After Football, mm-hmm. Life Beyond the Game, something like that. And um, I got on the phone and Leonard Wheeler called my son and had a conversation with him about like, what do you want to, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Reminding him of who he is and what he did and where he got at that highest level and how if you get to that level, you can get that to that level in anything that you do. And they were very, very instrumental in Michael finding his next passion, which became ranching. Like absolutely got him on the phone with a rancher in Wyoming to tell him like what she would do, what he should do. And started his whole second career and he has um a lot of love for the game and a lot of like respect for where he got in the game even though he kind of got robbed with an injury and opportunity um because a lot of people recover from injury you know so i'm not saying injury is the only factor it's there's so many factors in making the league luck timing talent you know and so the timing of his injury took his opportunity is the best way I can put it. Cause there's a lot of people out there who will have children or, or husbands and spouses that get injured. My God, yes, you can recover and go on to play years and years and years and years, even if you're injured several times. So seeing Michael now though, and seeing him go through the transition, what they're teaching the guys now is you're part of 1% that made it. And that means you can make it in anything that you do. And instead of being embarrassed that, you're done. Be proud of where you made it and what and be and make that be the thing that opens all of your doors. And that to me is why I wanted to talk about that is because of the change and how awesome it is now and why the more we tell these stories, the more people will be inspired to think about what they want to do after while they're still playing because it's a different mindset, you know, like now guys are able to do that. You can think about both and it's okay. <laughs> right. No, but I love that. And thank you so much for sharing all that because it, it it really brings you in perspective though. Like what you're saying is like, Michael wasn't ready. So he was pissed, right? He was pissed. He's like, no, don't tell me I can't play. Um, and when you think about that, you know, and I'm going to bring it to Tom Brady for a second, because I always like will say, I can't believe he's still like playing. I would just like, when you're like at your best, I would think that's when you want to retire but I'm not thinking deep into someone's brain, right? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like, don't you just want to go out when it's like you're at the best? But sometimes you also have something to prove. I'm I'm this age. I can still do it. Don't tell me because I'm this age. I can't do it anymore. Or don't tell me I need to stop. So I also get that. And I love how you said um, that advice. Like you, if you get to there, because that is, I mean, the dedication that you put um, to where you are playing. And this is, it takes us, and I believe we were talking to this to to Brandy is there's talent out there. I've actually talked to my kids about this so much. Like you can be super, super, super talented. You can be the best athlete out there, but you don't have the drive as the next person next to you. And that person next to you actually can make it further because they have that drive. And that drive gets them there, gets them where they they keep continuing, keep continue. So talent alone doesn't get you there. It's it's the all of the things that are you know encompassing that. You know, with Brandy, we were talking about being a gymnast. Like you can be an amazing gymnast. You can be like you know flip all around. You can have the the um, you know the flexibility, but you have to have a certain mindset. Um, you have to have a sorry, the dogs are like, okay, um, right. you have to have a certain mindset. So, and then taking it to where, you know, Michael V went through that, that had to been as a mom watching him, that had to been really hard. I'm going to, I'm going to let you talk. Cause I'm going to yell at Herbie right now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think that you're right. Um, yes, you, you should have drive and many, most athletes do have drive. That's not enough talent tons of talent. You could be the best at at your skilled position. It's not enough. You know, you could have both and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) You know, you could have not quite as much as the next person, but you're in the right place at the right time. (laughs) You know, it's just crazy how really is the factors that are involved. And that's why sometimes you have to look at it like a higher above to say, okay, this possibly isn't in my control and something's turning me and some kind of energy is making this not happen. And when do you stop? Now, Brandy is a perfect example of somebody that everybody around her was telling them, I know, do something else. It's time. 
Well, no, right. they didn't, they waited. And, and that to me was like an incredible story. And, and so like, I feel like, yeah, I think that, um, you know, that advice in terms of just respecting transition and respecting what it is for you and respecting what it is for others. Tom Brady, something inside of him is saying, why? And, you know, to quote Ron Wolfley again, because he's an amazing writer, you know, he said, a warrior's heart with no battle to fight. You know, so it could possibly be that he is waking up and saying, why would I get remove myself from the battle when I can still participate? Right. At a higher level than most people. I mean, you know, so oh, I, I love took that quote. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah. And it is. And as you said, it's stopping something that you love so much because either you're told it's past your time or, you know, we don't need you anymore right. for a mindset. Like that is hard. Like, I mean, that is, that's like the, ugh, I mean, that's crushing. So to yeah. have a supportive, you know, family, to have the support behind. So I love that you went to the NFL to look to them and say, okay, I need to help my, my, my son. Cause I don't know what to do. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that that's happening behind the scenes. They don't give the NFL, you know, the league enough credit for that. And so I love that you brought that up there. I do want to say that Dave said, um, love you guys, love the show, can't wait. And yes, I'm at work right now, so I can't jump on. So thank you, Dave. I figured that 12 o'clock, I figured I've done that before where people are like, no, I want to say something, but I can't because I'm sitting at my desk and I'm right. not allowed. Um, exactly. So, and Cynthia, th thank you so much for sharing that story because I don't think I've ever heard it to that way, but knowing you know, knowing you now as well as I know you now and knowing Michael a little bit more than I knew him before, I can see that. And you are, I was just saying to Dan the other day, like just what an amazing human you are and how you really, but you do, you really even people out. Like you really take out any, um, so I could see you just saying to Michael, okay, well, this is where I am. And um, can you like stop doing that? And like, let's figure this out. Like, you're just such a calming force. And we all like some people, if we think about it, have that in our lives and some people don't, but some people need more of it. So I love that you're going to be up here being able to talk to each of these people and, um, <laughs> sorry, the dogs. Yeah. Are really. No. And, and, and the, the thing that is so important to me is I didn't do it right. You know, I just did, it was my life and there might be a lot of things I did wrong in transition, um, but it was our story and it's what happened to us. And that's the only thing I can say about pivot and that I hope that it becomes is if this isn't a, this isn't telling anybody how to do anything. This is just sharing what you went through. People can figure out where they fit in. You know, people know, like people might have, their husbands are totally different than my husband. Their situation is different than mine. They're, they're not me. I'm not them. So what I hope that we get out of this is just storytelling without, there's no right or wrong way to go through transition. Failing miserably is also thriving because you're going to go somewhere from there. And that's what, when the clock runs out really is. There's a lot of nosedives in when the clock runs out and then coming out, you know, of it like, okay, this is where I need to be. I can live without the game. I can't live without the game you know, um, lives change right. in transition. And, right. And they really do. And then figuring it out. And not only is there going to be, you know, some people can go through multiple transitions. I mean, we talk about this and, you know, I talk about this in my show all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to school, I went into advertising. I decided as choice to stay home with the kids and then where my career and where my journey went, you know, it's like I lived a couple different lives within my whole life, you know, and that's, um, yeah. and, and now they're all connecting back and that's what the power of storytelling is. And that's why I love that we're able to have this platform that we're able to get it out and share it with people and say, Hey, like these are, you know, these are stories that might just change your life a little bit, might, might be a little bit of food for thought too, and make you a better person just where you're expanding yourself. You know, it might just be, uh, something that you're like, huh, I didn't think about that. I'm going to be a little bit more consider it, or I'm going to be a little bit more thoughtful in that aspect. And I think that's where, um, the power of storytelling really is. And that's the power of connection and where we can just kind of all uplift each other by just listening to each other's stories and hearing it. So I cannot wait for us to go with Joe right. Barksdale because what we know a little bit about his story for Friday yeah. is going to be, I know, I can't wait to hear. Exactly. And don't undermine what, undermine what you did, you know, taking the, the risk of saying, I 
this city life, you know, and there's a lot of social obligation that comes with city life and structure. And to be able to say, you know what, good people, good place, not for me. I'm taking my family and we're going to have this life. And a lot of people like that you might want to do that, but they're just like, God, you know, that's like, you know, social suicide. I can't do that. You know, I'll lose all those people. But guess what? No, you don't. They're a part of your story. They're a chapter in your life. You probably mm-hmm. stay, well, you do stay in touch with a lot of them because we have oh, totally. people that you'll say, oh, my friend is doing this in New York. Or my friend's doing that in New York. And so you can, and that's same with the women in the league. When your husband's done playing, you don't lose anybody unless you choose to. You don't right. lose a lifestyle. It was always a part of your lifestyle. The only thing that changes is you think you don't belong anymore. And so you remove yourself from it, but you can be removed from it physically, but you can still keep it with you, you know, keep those people with you. No. And that's so true. And that's, uh, that again is always a theme on this podcast where someone will say, you know, I felt like uh, I was missing something or I felt like there was something more out there for me or lifestyle for my family. I wanted something different. And, you know, for me to leave the city, that was hard because I loved the city. Um, I still get to go back and, and be in there, but knowing that we wanted to raise, you know, three kids in a certain way, the city just didn't make sense for us anymore. Mm-hmm. It just was like, you know what, let's, let's kind of expand this, you know, Dan still goes back and he still gets the taste of it. And I still can go back and, and do things like that. So I always right. say to people, you, you need to kind of think about the whole big picture. Um, and, and not just like, if you have the feeling a number of times, it's not just like the first time you have to kind of sit on that and be like, Oh, that keeps coming up. That keeps coming up. What does that mean? Let's explore it. Let's explore that kind of feeling, that thought that, you know, that, so I love everything that you said. And I I can't wait for this, you know, this, this pivot series. I think it's going to be a really insightful one and it's going to be a great learning experience. And it's going to be a great addition for our live shows, like our, you know, our in-person live shows. Exactly. And I feel like that um, it's really important to say that if um, if any spouses or players are listening and they feel that they do want to share their story, just go to nflthread.com slash when the clock runs out. Not only can you read when the clock runs out as a Kindle and it's free, um, you can also listen to it and you can you can figure out like, you know, where you fit. There's a submission form. Just let us know like what it is that you want to talk about and we'll you know, work to get as many people that we can on the show, knowing that there is no right or wrong. You, it is your story that you're telling. There is, there's, so it's, it's easy. Tell your story. Right. Whether, right. whether you think it's important or not, you're going to reach somebody who's going to feel like you do. Whereas I might've shared my story and somebody's like, not at all what I went through. Not well, you know, and, and Cynthia, I love that you just said that because it is, there's so many people that I will talk to and whether it's in the league or outside the league and they'll be like, I didn't think my, my story was that important. And I've actually gone through it where I've been on other people's podcasts because they've asked me to go on and they're like, your story's fascinating. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't think of it as anything fascinating. But then when I really talk about, okay, the little dots that connected. I'm like, okay, I can see where someone else's story, they why they find my story fascinating. Do you know what I mean? So that is one something I want. And thank you, Dave. People out there that Cynthia just said. So again, go to NFL thread. So no, I'm sorry. Go to yeah, NFLthread.com slash when the clock runs out. And there's right. a submission form to get on the podcast. And again, you might think, oh, my story is an original story. I don't, I didn't have crazy trauma or I didn't have this and I didn't have that. Everyone's story, as we just said here, is going to touch someone in some way. And it doesn't mean you have, you could have the the most perfect life where you had nothing, but everyone has, whether it's a little bit of trauma, big trauma, it doesn't matter. And I think I had a guest on that was like her, you know, she's like, I don't say little T's or or big T's. Like, you know, yeah, some people have had some massive tragedy in their life, but -hmm. just because your story, you don't think that you had it. If you had anything happen to you, you know, people know my story where in third grade is kind of when I realized, wait, I learned different and I'm dyslexic. And all of those journeys where teachers would say to me, you're not trying hard enough. And no, I wasn't getting beaten by the teachers. But emotionally, that was doing something to me, and that was creating my story, and it was and it was actually making me who I am today, and why I'm so resilient, and why I'm not afraid of failing because I did it so many times. So, a little yeah. 
part of your story can actually change someone else. I had someone just recently listen to um, my episode that was called My Story. I was teaching people how to like kind of really think back and think about their story. She And mm-hmm. she uh, messaged me and she was like, I'm crying right now. And I was like, oh, why? And she's like, I just listened to your story. And I was like, oh, it made you cry. She's like, it brought so much back for me. She's like, I didn't realize I struggled in school and I didn't like, and I guess I kind of like stuffed it and didn't think about it. She goes, and now my kid's going through it. And she's like, it just really, I was sobbing on the treadmill. And I said to her, wow. I said, thank you so much. And I didn't didn't know this woman. I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm, and she's like, but you know what it did? She's like, it made me realize my kid's going to be okay. I'm Mm -hmm. okay by listening to your story. And I was like, okay, well that's, that's my whole purpose, you know? And so I love that you just said that. So again, anyone that's listening, wherever you're listening, whether you're listening to the replay, and again, don't think, oh, no one's going to want to hear my story. Right. There's people that want to hear it. it, Yeah. And the other thing is, it doesn't have to be hardship to triumph. You know, perhaps you did it right because you planned for it and you feel like that's good advice that you can share. Brittany Holloway. That's who I was thinking about. Yeah. Their mentor said, buy this property now because this could become your career afterwards. And so they just kind of like grooved right into the second chapter of their lives, you know? Right. So that to me is the number one thing is just that period. Somebody called it the gap on the show. Who called it the gap? That was so cool. Was it Brittany? Was that Brittany that said the gap time? It's just like when you don't know what you're going to do. I feel like it was Brittany or it was was, um, Crystal. It was Maybe one of them because it was right around there. I don't Maybe remember. So I think it was Crystal, David, yeah. And she's doing such cool things now too with her playbook and everything that she has going on right now. I think she has some um, really great workshops happening right now. Her yeah. workshops. So um, yeah, yeah Chris, Crystal David, if, if people want to check out what she's doing and all, so many of the amazing women that have been on. But yeah, a lot of them, and, and especially that the younger wives that are in it now, they're like, they're like okay, you know, we're branding, we're taking advantage of where we are right now. We're making our connections right now. And so I want to hear those stories. I want to hear like, right. what are you doing that's making it work for you, you know, or at least, right. you know, the intention for it to work so they get there. Right. And also, but like even bringing it back to Brandy, and I know we've talked about this a thousand times, but the thing that was cool about, you know, Pat going up and down, going up and down, she, her own self said, because she's a go-getter. I mean, that she was in, in the mil- her grew up in the military, her family, and then she was a gymnast and, pl- and was a gymnast in the college level. So that just kind of paints the picture there. You can see someone that is a go-getter and a hard worker. Right. But she said she mm-hmm. knew even when – because Pat's still in the league, but she thought, wait, I want to kind of set this up because I want stuff for myself. And so those are this kind of stories also. Like, you know, it might – again, as Cynthia said, it might not be – uh, you know, you had, you know, it was, it's a terrible story, but you might've just been like, someone told me this. And I took that advice. Maybe you heard the advice on one of the podcasts that we did. And it's, you know, just an example of what you want to say, like, Hey, I listened to that episode and thank you because now I'm taking X, Y, and Z. So your story is going to help someone period. Whether, yeah. Whether your husband was in the league for a half a season to 12 seasons to 11 seasons, whatever it was, your yeah. story because of the journey that you went through and what you took out of it to be able to share with others. And that's one thing people will not give themselves enough credit. That's you know that's one of the right. things that I always want to say. And if you're listening to this and you know your husband, you're like, oh, I don't know that I want to do it, but my husband would love to share his story. You know, mm-hmm. please, again, nflthread.com forward slash when. Awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear... And just like, I've been wanting to spin new stories for when the clock runs out for so long. And it's just really cool to do it in this way, you know, it's a different way yeah. instead of written chapters. And of course we, we lost Bill Lyon. He passed away um, after a, like a long journey and, and battle with Alzheimer's. But of course being who he is, he wrote, he chronicled his whole experience. Mm. He called him Al, like living with Al. And um, so for a good two years, he wrote for the Philadelphia Inquirer, his entire experience. And um, for so many families, you know, if anybody would Google that, you know, Bill Lyons battle with Alzheimer's and he called it Al and it would be in the Inquirer archives. Um, I'm sure it would be helpful to families because he was, he, he shared what he was going through. 
be part of the whole thing. I know, I know. But he did write one last chapter. Um, We revisited When the Clock Runs Out, and he wrote one last chapter on our friend Kevin Turner called The First Man In. So, and that was in 2013. And it was so emotional because it was Bill writing, knowing he might not be able to at some point, KT doing the interview and knowing he might not be able to speak soon. Oh, it was right. Oh my gosh. That must've been so Oh my God. And it's a beautiful, beautiful chapter. That's on when the clock runs out that page, just people can read it. Oh, amazing. And then where, where can they also find, you know, so if I know they go to NFL thread, but where also they can, you said people can get it on. Oh, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. It's right there on that page. Yeah. I put as much as I could on the page just to share all the quotes are on there. Um, story, the, the book is on there. Um, but it's, you know, and I, I know that it's, um, it's available as a free Kindle. So. Oh, that's amazing. The free Kindle, right. Um, well, I love that. And I can't wait to dive into this and do just yet again, more stuff with you. So new stories. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. New stories. Well guys, everyone, thank you so much for joining YNS, um, live with NFL thread pivot, our new series. This is our debut Don't forget to join us on Friday at 12 noon and also share this, share this with as many people as you guys know, because there's going to be, this is a fascinating, really fascinating. Again, as we said, we're going to be bringing you into the lives of people that you haven't heard. It's going to be the real true stories of people pivoting out of the league, transitioning out of the league. And so, um, and it's going to be coming from players and wives. Um, It could be, uh, you know, as we're doing Friday, it's going to be both, which is really exciting. Joe's wife is going to be joining him. And um, it's, I'm just excited yeah. for all of this. And Carly Jane, my dogs are excited oh, I for that was my dog. The, yeah. I was like, I'm like, what's wrong, Chucky? <laughs> oh, they're so naughty today. And spring yeah. is in the air. <laughs> just tell you. Well, I'm excited, <laughs> Juliet. Thanks. This is so cool. I'm really looking forward to Friday. Me too. Me too. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining. And we will see you guys on Friday. Don't forget, 12 noon, put it in your books. And send it to as many people because, again, these are going to be some fascinating stories. You guys don't want to miss it. And we will see you Friday. Bye. Have a great week.